Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. You doing good? Happy Easter to everybody. We're so glad to have you at the Church Royce City. We don't believe you're here by accident. We believe that God has brought you here for a reason. Amen. And I think that this is going to be an amazing day. We're so glad that you chose to spend Easter with us. For those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the Church Royce City. And, and uh, can we just do, do me a favor and give it up for my dream team and my worship team. They, they, uh, for those of you that don't know what the dream team is, every week they come in and they set all of this up. And last night... Uh, they came uh, because they wanted to have everything perfect for you. So they were up here at 11 o'clock at night and worked till late in the uh, early in the morning uh, to make sure that it was all perfect just for you. And uh, they're an amazing team. And I honestly don't know what I would do without them. And uh, the worship team worked hard and did a great job. Come on, I love our worship here. And uh, and we're just we're just so honored uh, to have uh, them work and do all that they do. And uh, if you have a Bible, turn to Luke 24, 1 through 8, Luke 24, 1 through 8. I'd like to just say real quickly, hello to all of our online family, those listening via podcast. We're so honored that you're listening, and uh, we believe that God is doing something, not just in this room, but in your life as well. Luke 24, 1 through 8. I'm finishing up our our series on miracles. And uh, if you didn't uh, get to hear the first three uh, messages in this series, you can go online and listen to those. But I promise you won't be lost, okay? Luke 24, 1 through 8. Let's read it together. It says this. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man Uh, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again and they remembered his words come on and they remembered his words lord i thank you right now for the word of god i thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword thank you lord that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word they didn't come to hear a word from man they've come to hear a word from you and so lord right now i pray that you speak to the hearts of your people let every life be changed let no one leave the same in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Last week was uh, spring break, uh, and we, Crystal and I, decided that we were going to just take a couple of days off and get away, spend some time with the kids, and so we made, Crystal and I love water. Any, anywhere near water is awesome, and, and our, our favorite really is the ocean. Uh, I, I love being next to the ocean. Really, the truth is, is I like my wife in a bathing suit. So any place that I get to see my wife in a bathing suit, I'm happy. And uh, I'm like, wherever you want to go, babe, as long as it's bathing suit weather. Uh, and uh, so we loaded up. And it made me drive five and a half hours one way, and we get there. And you know how when you go to the beach or you go to the lake, 
if it's not tied or if it's not bolted down in your house, you take it with you because you think, well, maybe I'll need it. I don't know. So you, I mean, you carry so much stuff to the beach with you, and and uh, we're we're we finally arrive and we get there, and the kids are anxious to get to the beach. They're ready to go and play have have fun because after all, that's the reason why we drove that length of time. But we're unloading. Crystal and I are unloading, and I'm a very task oriented person. So until everything's done, until everything's put up, we're not going anywhere. And uh, and so we finally get unloaded, and we're like, okay, let's go to the beach. So we all change into our bathing suits, and we head down. Uh, we, get, we get down there. The water is absolutely freezing, but the kids didn't care. They're playing. They're having fun. And uh, it comes to the end of the day, and, and my son comes running up uh, from the beach or from the water, and he comes up to uh, Crystal and says, uh, man, Mom, I had so much fun. And she said, you had a lot of fun today? And he said, yeah, but it's not over yet. And uh, and I and so we we pick up everything and we head up to the house and we go back down the next day and and uh, we're playing and having fun and it comes to the end of the day and my son comes running up again and Crystal says Bear did you have fun today he said yes mom I did but it's not over yet we get done uh, at the ocean we come home and you know it's we still have a couple of days of spring break and finally Sunday night rolls around. And uh, we're putting the kids to bed, you know, we're tucking them in, we're saying prayers over them, we're doing the good parent thing, you know, and so we're doing that. And Crystal goes, uh, Bear, did you have a great spring break? And uh, he said, yes, Mom, I did, but it's not over yet. My daughter said, Bub, it is too over. Like, we're going to bed, we got to get up and go to school the next day. And, and, and he said, I, no, it's not over yet. Today's title, if you're taking notes, is really less of a title than it is a declaration in your life. If you're titling this message, you can title it, It's Not Over Yet. And I don't know what you came in with today. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what situation or what circumstance you're going through. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something in your body. Maybe it's a loved one uh, that's away from God. Maybe it's a, a financial situation. And everything in you is telling you that it's over, that it's finished. It looks like there's no hope. There's no way out. It's not going to happen. You're not going to make it. Can I tell? I want to declare to you today, I feel like God has sent me to give you a message that I don't care what the situation says he says it's not over yet it's not over yet Easter is a time when we all come together once a year and and on, honestly tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people come to churches and and they to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus but I would like to just just say to you today that even though we come in and we celebrate a risen king absolutely do we do that yeah but we don't we, God never intended Easter to be just a day that we come in and marvel at something that happened over 2,000 years ago. See, the amazing thing about God is, is that Easter is something that He wants you to experience, not something that He just wants you to celebrate. See, God, God is a God of right now. Was he a God? Was he God then? Absolutely. But he's a God right now. And and I think a lot of us think that he just cares about the sweet by and by one day when we get to heaven. But I'm telling you right now that we serve a God who helps you deal and helps bring life to the nasty now and now. There's things that you're going through. There's situations. There's circumstances. There's everything that seems like it's going against you. But I want to tell you today that it, I, I, I'm, I serve a God that will step into whatever you're facing and say it's not over yet. Yet. It's not over yet. Easter is something 
that God wants you to experience. Romans 8, 11. Romans 8 and 11 says this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal marriage. Come on. To your mortal health to your mortal job, to your mortal bodies. Whatever you're going through, God wants to give you life in every situation. Some of you are in this place and you say, God, I need you to intervene in a circumstance. There's people represented here from all different walks of life. You don't know what your neighbor's gone through. You don't know what circumstance they're facing. And you'd say, You know, I really need God to intervene. And I want to declare to you today that I know that everything is around you is screaming that it's over, that it's finished, that you're not going to make it through, that your finances are going down. But I'm here to declare to you today that I don't care what that that everybody else says, God is on your side and he's saying, and I don't care if you'll just trust me, if you'll just keep stepping out in faith, I want you to know that it's not over yet. It's not over yet. God is still in the miracle working business. How many of you would in this place would say, without a doubt, Brian, I have experienced a miracle. No doubt about it. I've experienced a miracle in my life. Raise your hand. Now, see, here's the thing is you look around and let me just say this, that you, some of you are like, yeah, right. But can I tell you, if just one of those is true, if just one hand is real, then it tells you this, that God is still in the miracle working business. If just one of these hands that went up is true, it says this, that God is still. And now I don't tell you this to discourage you. I tell you this to encourage you. Because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. What does that mean in the real, in what I'm really going through? It means this, that if he did it for one of them, he'll do it for you. He doesn't care what you're going through. He'll, he'll intervene on your behalf. If just one of them's true. My dad uh, is my pastor, and he had a he kind of ha- has always battled with heart issues, and he actually had his first heart attack when he was thirty eight years old. And uh, God just showed up in his life, and he didn't really have any ill effects in his life at all from that. But uh, he's a true Texan, and like true Texans are, we're kind of addicted to chicken fried steak. Come on, somebody. With extra gravy and mashed potatoes. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> like, come on, let's go eat. Huh? Let's... But he he uh, he he kind of he started eating right and doing right, and he was doing everything was going good. But then, come on, chicken fried steak started calling his name. Fried chicken started calling his name, and he went back to eating unhealthy. He had another heart attack, and. Uh, and, you know, it, so this is, you know, it's like, okay, well, he didn't, re- he had a little bit of effects from that, and, and uh, he went back to, he was like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy again, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, and so he, he started eating healthy, but then he kind of backslid, and uh, started having some issues, and, and uh, had some chest pain, and didn't know what was going on, so he went to the doctor, and the doctor immediately rushed him, said, hey, you, we got to get you to the ER, he got him to the ER, and, uh, and said, don't stop, don't pass go, get to the ER, well, when he's, in the, when he's in the hospital, they diagnosed my dad with congestive heart failure. And uh, now he's, he's not very old. He's 60, he was 61 years old, I think, at the time. 
and uh, and he he was diagnosed with this. Well, well, it was so bad that it was it was it had gotten so advanced that he actually uh, his heart was only putting out twenty five percent of what it was supposed to put out. So he was literally drowning all the time. He was taking Lasix. He was he was trying. I, I mean, and my dad came home. He had no energy. And my dad's a go getter. He's he's a lot of fun to be around. He's he's got a lot of life in him. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at him. And I honestly could tell you, he's not my dad. It's not, it wasn't the same person. He looked like he had no energy. He had no life. Every breath was a struggle. He was, he was, I mean, it was just awful. And I, and I, I was a para, I, I was a firefighter paramedic and I, lo- I honestly looked at him and I knew that I was watching my dad die. I knew he wasn't going to make it. If he made it two years, it would have been amazing. Well, I was the worship leader, uh, for, for, uh, his church. We were on a sun, it was on a Sunday morning and my grandpa who's kind of the patriarch of the family. You know, he's, he's in church with us on this Sunday. He lives in Graham. He was with us on, on this service, and, uh, and I'm leading worship. Well, he's, he feels like God tells him to go pray for my dad. And uh, he, he doesn't care what's going on. <laughs> Come on. He just, he just walks up in the front row. He lays hands on him, and he says, pray. See, now, can I tell you that I think that a lot of people are afraid to pray for somebody. But can I tell you, you're not responsible for the miracle. You're just responsible for being obedient. We think, oh, well, if, if, what if God doesn't show up? What if he does? Um, anyways, and so he, he goes up there, and I mean, he lays hands on him. He's praying, and he doesn't care. He is loud. Like, you worship's going on. Come on, full-blown music, and you can still hear him. He prays for him, and he goes back and sits down. My dad gets up and preaches the message, and nothing really changed. But the next day, he woke up, and he wasn't struggling to breathe. And he went and got coffee, because that's how everybody wakes up, amen? He gets coffee, and he walked outside, and he wasn't short of breath. And he realized that through the day, as he went on, he, he didn't need to take his Lasix. And he didn't need to take his medication, because something was different in his body. Something had changed in his body. Something had happened in a moment whenever a, a man laid hands on him, because the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. When a man laid hands on him, my grandpa lays hands on him, all of a sudden something happened on the inside of him. See, man had declared that in a couple of years you're going to be out, you're going to be dead, it's over, everything is done. But come on, in a moment, God said, stepped in on the scene and said, I don't care what man says, I'm here to declare right now that it's not over yet. I don't care what anybody else says. How about a marriage in our church? And they came in and and they went to a Christian counselor because they couldn't keep from fighting and yelling at each other. And they went to this counselor and and the, the counselor says this. You need to get a divorce. Your marriage is so bad. You need a divorce. There's no sense in you two being together. But they came to church. They started getting plugged into a small group. And all of a sudden, God showed up on, in their life. And when the counselor said, it's over, come on, God said, it's not over yet. Now their marriage is healthy, it's thriving, they're active in our church. What about Christy, who comes in to our church and 
has kind of questions about God and who Jesus is and comes up and asks the question, do you really believe that Jesus can heal me? Because I've been diagnosed with cancer. And my wife says, I don't just believe it, I know it. So they lay hands on her. She goes back to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, you had cancer, but I don't know what happened in your body. I don't know what's going on. You're not in remission. There's no cancer left in your body. See, the doctor declared it's over, but God said it's not over yet. Come on. How about this on Friday? Jesus is being uh, crucified on a cross. And all of all the earth and all of hell and all of heaven is standing by looking. And there's only one person that knows the end. And on Sunday, come on, everybody thought it was over. Everybody thought it was done. Everybody thought it was finished. But the ground began to quake. And the stone was rolled away. And God stepped on the scene and said, I don't care what hell said. I don't care what the earth said. I'm here to declare it's not over yet. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. There's some people in here. I feel it. You're going through it. You thought about throwing in the towel. You thought about giving up. But I'm here to declare to you that it's not over. It's not over yet, friend. We hear stories like this and we read stories in the Bible about miracles. And we look at it and we think, and we look at our lives and we think, I don't know. Seems like I haven't experienced anything in my life. When's it going to happen for me? And a lot of us buy into a myth that God is no longer in the miracle working business. That it was something that he might have done, but it passed away. There's some of you that have questions. There's some of you that have doubts. Maybe some of you are like my brother-in-law, James. Who grew up in an abusive home where his dad beat him because he was the only boy in the house. James one day turns to his pastor and says, I'm going through it. I don't don't know what to do. I don't know who else to turn to. And his pastor gets down on one knee and says, I want to let you know something. That God has given you this to teach you a lesson. Now go home and learn it. So James walks out and thinks, God, where is God? I turned to the only place that I knew to turn. And it seems like God has turned his back on me or he doesn't exist. He's not around. So James walked out and said, I'm done with him. If that's the truth, or if, if it's not the truth, I don't know, I'm done. Now he's a self-proclaimed atheist. He says, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God exists. And I'm here to tell you right now that I don't care what he says. I know that God is saying that it's not over yet. But he walked out with three things that he thought. Number one, that God is disinterested in me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't care about what I'm going through. 
God doesn't care about my situation. He doesn't care about my circumstances. He doesn't care the pain that I'm enduring. He doesn't care what's going, what, what's going on in my life. But I love this in Psalm 56 and 8. Psalm 56 and 8, it says this. You've kept track of my every toss and turn. Through the sleepless nights, each tear entered into your ledger. Each ache written into your book. Can I tell you, friend, that I know that you might have come in this place thinking that God is disinterested in you. But I want you to understand that God keeps track of every tear you've cried. That He knows every ache. He knows every pain. He knows everything that you faced. He's not disinterested. He cares for you. Maybe you're in this place and you think that God is deaf. That, that uh, you know what? He hears pastors because they, you know, they're the man of God. But we think that God is deaf like we have this formula. And if we get the formula all right, if I read my Bible enough, if I pray enough, if I go to church enough, if I get everything done in the right order, then all, and then I can come in to the, to the presence of God and I can request and I can pray. And then maybe He'll hear me. But can I tell you that you can come boldly into the presence of God, come on, to obtain mercy, to help in time of need, anytime you need it. You don't, you don't have to get all your, the boxes checked and everything right or become a minister of the gospel. You can come boldly into His presence because He cares about you. We nearly feel like we're the Verizon guy. Can you hear me now? We step over here. Can you hear me now? We step over here. Can you hear me now? Did I do everything right now? Did I get it right now? But I'm here to tell you that he hears you. The smallest whisper. He hears you when you're in church. He hears you in your car. He hears you in the shower. He hears you in every place. When you cry out to God, he hears everything. God is not deaf. Maybe some of you believe that God is dead. Yeah, I believe that Jesus was a man. He walked on this earth, but I just don't know about that whole resurrection thing. Or maybe you're, maybe you're not that extreme and you think, well, I just don't believe the, mir- I believe the miracle working part is dead. I don't believe that he's actually performing miracles anymore. I don't believe that he's actually doing that anymore. But can I tell you that God, that there's nothing further from the truth. That God is alive, that he's active, that he's moving, and he cares about your situation and your circumstance. I just want to give you real quick as I close, three ways you can experience God personally. Now, in preparing for this message, I, I googled Ways to experience God, and I got wiki how. Come on, is that how you say it? And it gave me 25 ways, so let's go. 25. 25 ways. <laughs> Buckle up. It's going to be a long message, amen? We're going to get 200 more people in here. <laughs> Come on in, scoot over. Sit on my lap. Sorry. Three ways, simple ways. I like breaking things down simply. Uh, Three ways that you can experience God personally. Number one, simply open up to God. Open up to Him. Just open up to Him. It's not complicated. It's not as hard as you think. Open up to God. You know, some of the greatest testimonies or the greatest stories that I've ever heard begin with this. God, if you're really there. God, 
if you really exist, I need you to step into my life. I need you to do something. I need hope. I need love. If you're really there, I need you to intervene in my life and do something on my behalf. Number two is let go of wrong ideals. Let go of wrong. Let me put it this way. Don't just believe what somebody else told you about God. Discover it for yourself. Understand what God really is. Really get in, begin to try to explore it. Begin to look in the Bible and say, what, what does this really mean? See, there's a lot of men out there that have a wrong teaching or have a wrong ideal of what God is. You, you have this, this thing of, man, if I, it, God's out to get me. Like he's ready to push a button just to zap me off the face of the planet. But can I tell you, the Bible says that the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. But God came to give life and life more abundantly. When you begin to understand that he really is a healer, that he really is a deliverer, that he really is a savior, that he really is hope, that he really is love, and you begin to experience it for yourself, all of a sudden these wrong ideals begin to fall away, and you can experience God for yourself. I listened to an interview uh, just about Justin Bieber. Come on, all you believers said. Is it too late now to say? Come on. But, you know, I listened to this interview, and uh, Justin Bieber, for those of you that don't know, is a Christian. Well, no, he's not. I've seen his life. Let's shine a spotlight on your life. Let's put every move you make in the camera. I got a feeling. Let's play it every thought you've ever thought up here. See how good you are. But he said... You know, I, I, I have a pastor, and, but I've done so much wrong. I've done so many things that I was ashamed of. And I honestly thought that God could never love me because of my mistakes, because of my failures, because of my faults. But I had a pastor come into my life and began to tell me about the way God really was. About what he really was like. And he told me that he loved me with my mistakes and with my failures and my faults. The Bible says this, that while you were still in sin, while you were still messed up, while you were still making mistakes, that he loved you enough to die on a cross for you. Not when you were perfect, not when you had it all together, not when you had everything, uh, all the boxes checked. He loves you just the way that you are. Let go of wrong ideals. The last thing I'd like to tell you is this. Don't take the journey alone. Don't take the journey alone. I think a lot of people think they got to figure it out for themselves and they kind of got to walk this out. But I, I love Christian's story. And if you haven't seen it, you can see this testimony on Facebook. But kind of the backstory on Christian is, is that his wife had seen my wife preach at a women's event. And uh, she loved Crystal. I mean, what's not left to love about Crystal? She's awesome. And uh, saw and said, heard that we were planting a church through social media and said, hey, you know what? I love you. I want to be a part of it. So we did what every pastor does, and we met them at Chick-fil-A. Come on, the Christian chicken. 
Some of you are like, man, that sounds so good right now. You can't have it. It's on Sunday. It's Christian. It's Christian chicken. You can go in and listen to Mercy Me elevator music. Come on, it's good. But uh, so we met them there, and the kids were kids were playing, and and uh, Angelica is just one of these people that are so full of life and excited about everything, and she's really awesome and. And uh, she's oh, I'm so excited! It's going to be amazing. The church, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And and you know, I kind of and I look at across, and Christian's just sitting there. And I said, well, what about you? He said, not me. I take her. He was a good husband. He said, I take her to church because it makes her happy. But he said, I don't believe in God. But it makes her happy, so I go. And he tensed up a little bit because he, near, I, you could tell it was like nearly like it's about to be an intervention. <laughs> Come on, I'm a pastor and I've just admitted that I don't believe in God. And, and, and I said, okay, well, that's cool. And we began to talk about sports and different things. And I drove away that day and I, I told Crystal, I said, he's going to come to Jesus by relationship. Somebody taking the journey with him. So Christian started coming to church. And he said, you know, Brian, I'm around. I still don't believe in God. But do you mind if I do something? Like, I'm here already. She's doing something. So you mind if I do it? I said, absolutely. Oh, you let somebody that didn't believe in Jesus shake a hand? Yep. We have a wrong conception. uh, 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 We have a misconception in the church today. We believe, we, we've bought into this lie that you have to believe or you have to behave before you can belong. You get everything right, you believe in God, and you, you start acting right and doing what you're supposed to, and, and you don't say cuss words, and you don't, you don't, you, you don't lose it in, in traffic, or you don't lose it on your, you, you, you do everything right, and now then you can belong to a body. But can I tell you, at the Church Royce City, come on, we don't believe that you have to behave, we don't believe that you have to believe before you belong, because we take on the Jesus model. And it says, come with your questions, come with your concerns, come with your, uh, your wrong ideas, come, come with your faults come with your failures because Jesus died for you just the way you are you belong already behave Christian started serving in the church he was around people that loved him with his questions Loved him the way he was. And about eight months in, he raised his hand and he gave his life to Jesus. Why? Because he didn't take the journey alone. Maybe you're in this place and you're not sure about God. I'm not sure about you. I did my Christian, or I did the Texas thing, you know, you got to go to church on. Christmas and Easter, it's just what you have to, it's an unwritten law, but it's just something you have to do. But maybe you have some questions, maybe some things have happened in your life and you're not sure about. And you have those questions, can I tell you, it's okay. You can come to this church, we love you. 
When you don't have it figured out, we love you. When you got it all figured out, we love you. Flaws, we love you. Just don't take the journey alone. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.